Hi, hello. If you're listening, you can't see this new bookshelf behind me that I need to read some, like, Architectural Digest magazine. There's something not right. But you know when you're just like, eh, put stuff on it, it's fine. Anyway, I'm moving soon anyway, so I kind of stopped putting my office together. But soon, I'm going to put a neon sign up, a legit neon sign, and I can't wait to show it to you. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to say. But new and bigger things are coming, and I'm so excited to show you the plan, and I'm so excited for you to see it when it's done. Today, I want to talk about onboarding. And in today's day and age, sometimes you got to be careful with how you say things. So this metaphor is meant as an example. I'm not saying you have to do any of these things to be a normal human, okay? 2023, I'm happy to preface this with, I don't want to offend anyone. What I do on the show is take things and I distill them down into metaphors and other examples that are not related at all because they're different things, but they're exactly related because I'm trying to describe what it feels like or why it's silly or why you should focus on it when you don't. So the following example is just meant to be an example, okay? The first touch point that an employee has with your company is them finding your job description. Think of this like a dating app. They go on LinkedIn or they go on job board. Somehow they get served your job description. That's like them saying, yes, I choose you because they they apply. They probably applied to a few places. Just like you sometimes date more than one people before someone says, I would like to be serious with you. And you're like, interesting. Okay, I'm going to stop seeing these other people. The interview process is like dating. You could have multiple interviews with a lack of communication and redundant questions and a not good interviewing experience. And they can be like, nah, this is not the company for me. Or that could be a really good experience. And they're like, interesting. I think I want to work here. Then you get offered the job. That's like your wedding. It's like, seriously? This is so exciting. This is amazing. This is the best decision I've ever made. That's what they're thinking. Usually that people are really excited. I got a new job. I got offered a job. I'm getting married. Then those maybe two weeks that they have to give their notice or um, wrap up projects at work, or they're like, I'm going to go on a vacation before I start. Or maybe they start sooner. But that's like the honeymoon. That's like they're going around telling people like, I got this new job. I start in two weeks. I'm so excited. There's like rose colored glasses. They're like so ready to crush it at your company. And they think that this company is going to be different. Then onboarding is kind of like those first few days and weeks and months back at your apartment, your house, you're married. And you're like, this is my life now. Did I make a good decision or a bad decision? The ideal situation is you get back from your honeymoon and your partner's like, that was incredible. Let's go build a great, big, beautiful life. What do you need? How can I be the best partner to you? And you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I married you. How can I do right by you? And the person's like, these things. And you're like, cool, this is what I need. And they're like, awesome. I'm going to do everything to make it happen. You're like, I picked a good partner. Bad onboarding is like, you just got back from your honeymoon. They haven't unpacked their bag. They're not even looking at you. Their socks are on the ground. They're dirty. They're being rude, picking fights with you. And you're like, whoops, did I make a mistake? This is not off to a good start. And if this is already hard, What's it going to be like in a year, in two years, five years, 10 years, if I even make it that far? Onboarding may not be the first impression point of your company, but it's the first real like engagement point. It's when the masks all come off from the interviews and the people who are smiling and waving, talking about all the the candidates and the pipeline and how interviews are going. And they were saying, this is a really great candidate. We should really hire them. And then you're at the company now. The employee is like thrown into projects without context and they're still onboarding. And all the teammates are like, actually, our stuff's really messed up over here. We have no systems. 
we're actually all incredibly burned out. Our manager is questionable at best. You're not crazy. They're just not very kind. They have no soft skills. We don't have one-on-ones and it's pretty miserable to be here. That's what bad onboarding is. Onboarding is an indication of how is this company going to treat me? If your onboarding is non-existent, we're going to talk about that in a second. I'll I'll teach you how to build an onboarding program. So onboarding is like the first few weeks after the honeymoon's over stage. Here's another way of putting it. Imagine you are the new hire, okay? This is an empathy exercise. Imagine you walk up to a group of people and they're like, you are in this group of people now. You're with us. And you're like, sweet. But then everybody starts doing this dance, like a flash dance. And it's really complicated and technical. And then you're like, whoa. And then someone just shoves you into the group and they're like, dance, come on, dance like everybody else. And you're like going this way and everyone's going that way. And they're going like this and you're like a beat behind. You're like, I've never seen this before. I don't know what we're doing. That's what it feels like when your onboarding is non-existent or it needs to be optimized because it's not very good. And then you have employees start doing their work. They don't know the jargon. They don't understand the history of the company. They don't understand the departments. They don't understand the mission, the vision, the value. Why are we all doing this? How does any of this make sense? Who do I talk to for what? How do I get, how do I log in? You want me to redo the website in two days and I just started? I'm still trying to like memorize the executive team's names. Or say you walk up to a group and they're like, you belong to us now. Don't do anything. Watch this. And you're like, whoa, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, you're going to go learn how to do that over there. When you're ready, you'll come join us and we can't wait. And then the new hire is like, ah, okay, I can't wait to learn this dance. And then they go over with a trainer with a couple other people who are like doughy eyed, like, I don't know how to do the dance either. Nice to meet you. And then slowly as a group, you're like, choo, choo, beat by beat, move by move. And then they practice and they get more and more comfortable and then they start having fun with it and they're bonding over it. They're like, this is awesome. Look, we're learning this dance. And then you got this down. Let's go join the group. And you're like, I do got this down. I can't wait to join the group. So they go join the group. The entire group of people, however many actual employees you have that are tenured are doing the dance. And then the new hires are like, us too. We're here. That's a good onboarding program. That's easy for them to slide right in. And they're like, I know exactly what's expected of me. I know the movements. You go left, I go left. You go right, I go right. Because I was shown how to do this. It's not fun to feel stupid. It's not fun to feel like you're not ready. And I think a lot of companies fall into the trap of, we're a startup, or we're a fast moving company, or we're scrappy. Those are all excuses for We make people uncomfortable and we don't care. That's obviously not your intention. It's subconsciously, though, what's being said to the employee. You don't matter. You belong to us and we will treat you very subpar. That's just not good for engagement. I'm going to read off some onboarding stats to you because I was like, I'm going to include a stat, but there were so many that I was like, I'm just going to read all of them. This is why onboarding is so critical. Organizations with structured onboarding see a 60% year-over-year improvement on revenue. Revenue, isn't that why we all work? The companies that hire us are trying to make revenue. New employees with a good onboarding experience are 18% more committed to their employer. Doesn't that sound nice? Turnover is expensive. Quiet quitting is very expensive. Quiet quitting is when everyone's just kind of doing the bare minimum and really not optimizing or having healthy debate over the best idea, getting to the best right answer, working together collaboratively. There's like a flow and a momentum. All of that's expensive to your business when people are leaving because you have to replace them and onboard people and then those people leave or the people who make it through are like, meh, I don't care. I'll just do this job. That's not good. 
Only 12% of employees agree that their organization has a good onboarding process. The reason I'm so passionate about this specific part of the employee experience is because twice now I've had excellent onboarding experiences. And I've had probably seven really stressful, scary, bad ones. So I myself have experienced this. And I stayed at those companies longer. I did not stay at those other companies very long. I was very stressed out. I was very upset. I felt it was very unfair. And I was uncomfortable. And it just set me up to be a little disgruntled from the beginning. But that's not a me thing. That's a human nature thing. People don't like to feel stupid. They don't like to feel like they don't have access to like their own answers to stuff and and be in control of their own destiny. One in three HR professionals report that the quality of their onboarding is not up to standard. Listen, I know onboarding is a full-time job for the sake of giving the experience, making it good, and then regularly asking those people, those new hires through the onboarding process after it ends, three months later, six months later, a year later, how could we have done better? What do you think was missing? What went too fast? What went too slow? What do you wish would have happened in onboarding? That has to be an ongoing feedback loop that is always being optimized. But usually most companies have just one or two of you or three or four, but still it's like to the, to the amount of employees per every HR person, it's usually like 80 to one. So there could be four of you, but you have 400 employees who at any given moment could be like, where's my pay stub? How do I get my 401k? I'm buying a house. I'm getting divorced. I'm having a baby. I quit. There's not always time to be like, how's onboarding going? That's why you need to get in the practice of anytime there's a new hire class, what could have been better? Find the pattern, find one thing to optimize and go and go do that. Because bad onboarding is just like being thrown into a flash mob and you don't know the moves. Sorry, I don't know this dance. No one taught it to me. I'll teach myself. It's like this. Oh, no, that's still not right. I just realized those of you listening on the podcast can't see my epic dance moves. So I highly encourage you to go to YouTube so you can watch this. 55% of businesses don't measure the effectiveness of their onboarding process. This is just one of those things that you need to set into motion as a habit. Pingboard's really good for this. There's a new hire onboarding template that you can schedule and target certain groups. So if you have an onboarding class, I know I want to ask them how it's going throughout and at the end and then later and then later. You schedule it and then you get an email that's like, hey, we sent the survey out for you because you told us to. Here's what your new hires had to say. And then you're like, ah, yes, I didn't have to remember how to do this. I didn't have to remember to schedule this. That would have been annoying. Small changes too. With onboarding, you don't have to have this big fancy stage for these people to learn the dance on. You don't have to have the best costumes for them to wear, and a trainer from France to teach them ballet. It's like, you can teach people the dance to the side in that same parking lot where people are doing the flash dance. It's like, okay, just come over here. You don't have to get fancy with it. You don't have to overthink it and be like, onboarding sucks because we don't have a stage. Onboarding sucks because we don't have a fancy teacher. Onboarding sucks because I need to do all these big optimizations and I just can't afford these fancy costumes. It's like, no, small things. Just be like, come over here. We're gonna get some distance, some quiet. When you think you don't have time to work on your onboarding program, just do one small change. Maybe you need a list of a slide that shows your top customers. Just build that, throw it in. Ask your sales leader, ask your customer success leader, who are our top 10 customers that you think make sense for new hires to know at the drop of a hat? Are they industry specific? Build that, they'll tell you. Build that slide. Heck, even better, be like, will you build a slide that will help people understand more about your department and like who our best customers are? Most people will say, sure, always find ways to delegate. 
But if not, go build that slide yourself. Throw it in. Next time, be like, we don't have a company history slide. Build it out. Small, tiny changes. You're never going to get the two weeks of uninterrupted time to be like, and I would even say that's not enough. How do we completely redo our onboarding process and make it better? That's why it never gets done because that project feels way too big and that time's never going to come. So small, tiny changes add up to big engagement wins in the long run if you continue to do it and form a habit. So onboarding is critical. It is a either setting up your employees to be in a disengagement hole that is very hard to pull them out of or not. Be intentional with where you're spending your time and ask your employees how things are going with surveys. They'll tell you. The answers are all with your people. Tools can help you automate. There's great tools like Pingboard, an employee experience platform. So this was just a little pep talk and a fun two little metaphors for what onboarding is. It's the moment you get back from your honeymoon and it's the uh, the dance that you were either taught or not, which is either a great experience or a horribly traumatizing experience. Optimize one small thing here and there. That'll add up over time. You do have time. You can do this. It's hard to drive engagement, but that's why you listen to the show so I can give you little tips and tricks. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.